Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast on this very special episode. We're looking back a year ago today, November 10th, 2019. It was the West semifinal win for the Blue Bombers over the Calgary Stampeders, remembering that day with kicker Justin Medlock, who was perfect that day, as well as Ed Tate, who was in the booth with Bob Irving, BlueBombers.com. That's all here on the podcast. And he takes it to the left and hands it off, but Willie, oh no, Willie Jefferson can't make the tackle. The Bombers, I thought we're going to get Reggie Begleton on a sweep and Willie Jefferson and get into the end zone. And uh, Mitchell with a fake and a quick pass down to Begleton at the 10-yard line. He's to the 5, he's in for the touchdown. The kick will come from the right hash. It's on the tee, it's in the air, it's long enough, and it is good. Justin Medlock. Boy, that's a big kick, a 52-yard field goal, and on a minus 13 day. Now he's going to give it to Dembski, and he's across the 30, the 25, the 20, 10. Touchdown, Blue Bombers. Nick Dembski on a run up the middle. Ball on the tee in the air. Looks pretty good from here, and it is a 42-yard field goal by Justin Medlock. Good block by Harris. A long throw for Darvin Adams at the 30. He's got it, the 25. Darvin Adams, touchdown, Blue Bombers. Strebler's going to keep it. And he's got room around the left. He's going to score the 10, the 5, touchdown, Strebler. And there's the last snap and that knee, and the game is over, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have come into Calgary and knocked off the Calgary Stampeders in the CFL West Division semifinal. The final score again, the Blue Bombers 35 and the Stampeders 14. No, you are not hearing things. The one and only Bob Irving one year ago on this date, the West semifinal victory kicking off the Grey Cup run. And we're pleased to be joined tonight on the show to remember what happened a year ago today. Blue Bombers kicker Justin Medlock. Justin, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. As well as Ed Tate of BlueBombers.com, who was part of the broadcast team that date, providing color commentary with Bob Irving. Ed, those uh, calls bring back memories for you? I never get tired of hearing Bob Irving's voice, especially when he's calling bomber touchdowns. That's pretty special. All right, we'll start with you, Justin. Let's go back a year. How cold was it that day in Calgary? Yeah, it was uh, It was pretty cold. I mean, <laughs> it was a, uh, I, I've had a few cold games, so it, uh, that was definitely a uh, freezing game for sure. And... How hard does that make it to do your job when it's that cold, or does it really impact you that much? Oh, yeah, it definitely does. I mean, the good thing about being in Winnipeg is you you practice in some cold weather all the time, so it got me a little bit more used to the games um, compared to being out on the east coast of Canada. So, um, But it definitely impacts you, and you just got to figure out ways to stay warm. How about you, Ed? Was it okay up in the broadcast booth, or were you a little cold, too? <laughs> I'm going to feel guilty now, but Justin always rubs it in my face in the winter about how nice it is in Jupiter, Florida. But in the up in the broadcast booth, I think we had a little mini heater, and, uh, and Bob likes to get ambiance, so the windows have to be open. But I'm not sure we had them open that day because it was so cold. But, uh, I, I mean, the, the, way, uh, the way the Bombers played that day, I, I mean – as you're running through the clips there, um, Christian, the, the Bombers fell behind. But I, I talked to Nick Taylor a few weeks ago 
And he mentioned that as they started to come back and then started to take control in the second half, all of a sudden you're not so concerned about the the cold. You, You feel pretty warm on the sidelines when you see that unfold. Well, Taylor was on with uh, the gang on the start last week talking about mm. this game. It was 7 nothing Calgary, and they were driving when Mike Jones made a, an interception. It was kind of a simultaneous catch-interception play, and that snuffed out a, a Stampeders drive, but still they were up 14-5 late in the second quarter. Did you ever have any doubts, Justin, about the likelihood your team would win that date at any point in the first half? Um, I think just in like just in general, I've always, you know, as I've played in the CFL, I just feel like the games just come down to the fourth quarter. So it just, I remember just looking at the uh, Showtime sheet, and uh, I was just telling him, I was like, yeah, I was like, wait, wait till the fourth quarter. It's gonna, you know, big moments are gonna happen. And yeah, we got to the fourth quarter, and I think we just kind of exploded as an offense and had a really good fourth quarter. And um, I was never really worried about. It. I knew we'd be in it. And it was just going to come down to the wire, and um, you know whoever made those those couple of plays were were going to win. And so I was, you know, it was, it was really cool to see and you know see uh, you know Zach hit a big ball to dive and to hit um, Strebler to to finish it off. It was just really cool to see. And that late first half field goal, fifty two yards. What was your range that day? Yeah, I I think uh, I I can't even remember, but I would say probably there. I remember the year before I hit a fifty-seven um, to start the start the the game off, and I was pretty pumped because I was just really juiced up for that game. Um, a lot of people don't know, just you know, with Calgary it was just one of those teams that like I really um, tried to bring my A game um, to, and I was really pumped up for. So uh, you know, when I made that that fifty-two at the end of the half, it was just to really just get the momentum. And I'm really big on those, like keeping the momentum going, um, especially going into the half. And it was actually kind of weird. I was so pumped up uh, just, you know, going into the half and then coming back out, I actually kind of strained my groin at halftime. And I played the whole second half, uh, just kind of hurt and just managed to make it. I didn't actually kick a ball on the sideline. I just played the rest of the second half. And uh, it was kind of a weird uh freak accident but uh but at the same time um it was cool to at least you know help the team well when it's that cold out that's not exactly great for a muscle injury <laughs> yeah i was uh i remember the trainer just kind of telling me he's like you're all right man he just gave me the wink like you're good you're good suck it up buttercup but i'm like oh yeah let's go but i just didn't even kick a ball and i remember i hit one off the post in the second half and i mean i could barely like swing my leg but i was like i'm good just suck it up it's only like you know three steps to kick the ball and, you know you'll make it don't worry about it so um yeah i was able to get through that game and it was just really cool to um yeah for the the team to kind of lift me um and lift up lift the city so it was good so ed back to the end of the first half when it was 14-5 there they get that long field goal what was your perception going into halftime of the impact of that made field goal well, I mean, it was big in the moment, and the more you get away from it, the more you start to appreciate how critical it was because, um, you know, as you said, it was 14-5 to 5 at one point, and the Bombers said that that interception that was simultaneous that a lot of people thought should have been a reception for Calgary. But the Bombers had kind of settled down after a shaky start, and, and so to get a field goal, you know, with uh, like 20 seconds left before the half of that distance in that cold – 
was pretty massive. And then to start the second half with that Nick Dembski touchdown run, it represented a complete um, <clears throat> reversal in the momentum. And so, uh, you know, Justin was bang on through the whole playoffs. Um, you know, he kicked six field goals in, in the Grey Cup too. But uh, that 52-yarder was massive. And as he said, the one that glanced off the upright and went through, that was in the fourth quarter. And it was at that point where I'm starting to think, wow, all the, these years that Winnipeg has run into this dragon and been blowtorched in Calgary, maybe finally something's turning the other way because uh, um, they hadn't had many you know, luck plays or good fortune over the years in Calgary and for one to go off the uprights like that. And I didn't know Justin was was working on a bad uh, wheel then. So for him to do that in, in those conditions with a, a sore leg, is it's pretty impressive. Justin, how much was the team aware of the injury to Chris Streveler and how hurt he really was? Um, yeah, we were pretty aware. <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, I mean, the great thing about Osh is, you know, he's going to keep things under, you know, keep it within house and, um, we knew. I mean, Shrev was a warrior. I mean, he wanted to play. I mean, I used to. I was talking to him like the day after the game, and you know, he was so banged up, and he just wanted to give it his all for the team. And he's such a great guy, and so it was. Um, you know, it's kind of devastating for him, but then he just, you know, he wanted to be out in the field, and he did it. And you know, I'm very appreciative of it. And I mean, he's just a great teammate, and I'm I'm glad he could help out our uh, our team because he made our team. Um, a different dimension of an offense and um, guys just kind of bought in. And once he kind of played, I think guys were like, okay, we can, we can do this for sure. Um, just the way that we were playing. And uh, so it was pretty dangerous. Well, Ed, the conversation leading into that game was more or less a thought he wouldn't be able to go, right? He was hobbling around and I think Calgary wasn't ready for him to be in the game. No, it's true. Uh, I can remember in the in the pregame warm-up, uh, Bob and I are on the air, and we're obviously watching Strebler very closely as he comes out. And, you know, again, you know it's cold, and you, you wonder about how much guys are going to do anyway. But, you know, he kind of hobbled around a little bit, and you wondered about whether, you know, the Bombers were just trying to use him as a decoy. And he hadn't really touched the ball very much in the first half. It was the second half where he really put his stamp on the game. And we talked to him a couple of weeks ago for our podcast. And he said that, uh, you know, a couple of weeks after the Grey cup, he had been down in Arizona to visit the Cardinals and Trey Roberson, the, the um, Stampeders corner was also trying out for the Cardinals at the time. And he told Strebler then that they didn't think he was going to play. They, they were shocked that he even uh, suited up and then for him to do what he did in the second half on that mangled ankle is, is pretty impressive. It's one of the grittier things I've seen covering the bombers all these years. Justin, have you ever been a teammate of someone with that much adrenaline coursing through their veins? No, no. I mean, the fact that he played um, the amount of hits that he was going to take and the amount of pounding he was going to take, I mean, it was pretty impressive. I think, obviously, like the beginning of the first game, that Calgary game, I think when he came in and he made that big run at the end, that was huge. Um, you know, there were some times where you know, I think maybe they kind of didn't want to put him out there as much because I don't think he was 100%. He was, or not even close, but at the same time, I think he was really low, probably 50 60%. So 
they didn't try to get some crazy plays. But once it started getting going in the um, in the playoffs, I think it you know it really kind of um, he helped the team a little bit more. And um, you know it's just it's a, he's he's you know, he's a tough guy. I mean that's that's a pretty remarkable thing that he did for our, for his teammates um, and for the city. So looking back on that one year ago. What was the moment that, I guess, for you, Ed, turned things around from, oh, the Bombers are always this team that, that's falling short to, oh, my gosh, they could actually they could actually go on a run here and do this this year? Uh, in, in the West Semi, there was a few moments where you think they're going to get this done. And, you know, that when you pick off Bo Levi Mitchell three times, I thought the Nick Dembski r- touchdown run to start the second half was big. You know, and then the Chris Strebler, uh touchdown run was massive, and then that just sort of the momentum carried into the West Final, and you know, their the defense was unbelievable in the West Semi, and then again in Regina, and again on Great Cup Sunday, there was just so many uh, elements that seemed to feed. You know, one play fed another, fed another, and then the momentum just kept carrying. And I thought that as the playoffs went on, the Bombers got better and better and better, and. Um, you know, and it wasn't just the defense; it was the offense, it was the special teams. There was so much to like about it. it they saved their best for the last, and it, and it was a, you know, a three-game run in the playoffs that's as dominant as I've ever seen. Does that ring true to you too, Justin? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, Calgary, I just think was was the team that we have to beat, right? Like that was a team that we had some struggles with. I think, uh, you know, you just never know. Bo Levi is just such a great quarterback. I mean, he can put up 40 on you real quick. So I think the fact that, you know, we beat them and I was like, oh, we're going to go to Sask when it wins. It's like, that that wasn't going to be an issue. I didn't even think. You know, I just thought, you know, Zach's a competitor. I know him. Um, and I think he, he wanted that, that opportunity and he came out there and played well. And I just knew we were, I knew we'd go in there and just, and win that game. Um, it was a little closer than I thought, but, at the same time, those are tough road games, right? And then, uh, you know, just going into Hamilton, you know, that was, that was definitely a, a, a tougher team that I thought. Um, and we just, you know, we played we played a good game plan out there and won. So, when the defense is making plays like that, Justin, does that impact you, or are you just okay? Tell me when to kick, and I'll go kick. Yeah, I'm just more focused in on myself. I want to be able to help the team, so you got to be really locked in. You know, as as a kicker, you know, throughout the whole game, just you want to come through for the whole for the whole team, but also you know, just mainly for the offense, putting up points. Um, they're so they're so uh, valuable in the in the playoffs. So, um, I mean, the defense just played so great. <laughs> it's pretty remarkable. Ed, in your time covering the CFL and covering the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, where does this team rank on the list of uh, teams you've covered? Well, they got it done, right? So that matters. Like, you know, that that team that went fourteen and four in two thousand one was really good. There, you know, there was a team ninety three, ninety four, and around there, those teams were dominant. But you know, they didn't. They don't have a great cup to show for it. And so, um, that's part of what made this team so special. Is that you know, it, it was some pretty dramatic highs and lows during the season, from the big start to you know, losing Matt Nichols to Andrew Harris's suspension to, you know, struggling down the stretch and trading for Zach, like all those things made it such a compelling storyline. 
I'd, I'd rank this team up there with as, as good as any that I've ever covered because I go back to that 1990 team, which was dominant, but there were a lot, again, there were a lot of good teams in between, uh, but they didn't get, get it done on the last Sunday in November and this squad did, did. And so that's what makes it pretty special. Before I let you go, Justin, what have you been up to uh, with no football to be played this year? This is, yeah, it's been a crazy uh, 2020 for sure, just for everybody. So, um, yeah, a lot of family time, uh, you know, just been, uh, just been around. So um, keep some announcements for us for the future. So, um, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been some great family time. So that's uh, the biggest thing. How's the golf game looking? <laughs> um, it's all right. I haven't been playing as much. I played a few times ago. I mean, a few weeks ago or a few months ago, and uh, yeah, yeah, high seventies. So never up to my standards that I really want to 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 put out there. But hey, you know, you're having fun at this point. Rolling your eyes at a high seventies. Come on, I'd give anything Thank to have you. a high seventies score. That's we have different expectations. I appreciate both your time, Justin Medlock, Ed Tate. Thanks for joining me tonight and. Uh, Stay safe during this off season, and hopefully we'll have some CFL to talk about going forward here. Right, Sounds thank good. You. Thanks, Christian. See you, Justin. All right, see you. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?